Hey, what's up? It's Wednesday, May 25th, and you're listening to episode 58 of the Chasing Points podcast. We're your weekly honest dive into the world of sports. Hi, everyone. My name is Sam. Hi, everyone. My name is Sam. And my name is Brandon. Mm-hmm. And my we'll be uh, <laughs> talking sports with you today. What's up, Hayes? How are you, man? I'm good, man. A long weekend, tired, uh, trying to uh, make it through this long, stressful week because uh, that's exactly what has already begun to be. But it's OK. We'll make it through. It's just another uh, day, another week, another month. How about yourself? Uh, Memorial Day weekend's coming up. And, you know, we certainly thank all of those who have served and and and, uh, you know, uh, have have lost their lives uh, serving our country. And I feel like anytime there's a long weekend like this, you always end up paying for it during the week, right? You're um, just getting getting everything done for Friday or Thursday or whatever it is. So, yeah, I'm in that mode too. But oh no, I'm I'm just tired because I was in the city on Sunday, Brooklyn, and I'm tired because I was out pretty much all day Saturday, and the heat was no joke. I mean, it went from high 90s to now we're feeling like we're in the middle of, of uh the fall again so yeah great times great times this is how people get sick love it yeah here i am talking about my day job and you're the one gallivanting around new york city and just you know that was on the weekend that's not now <laughs> now i'm back to the the stress of the uh working for the man you know you know the man well more importantly than the man we have basketball to talk about we have some baseball as well and uh you know whatever else gets thrown in there i'm sure we'll mention some nfl as well but i, I think uh the running theme through these nba playoffs is uh you know ex- exciting matchups and then every now and then you just get a flop of a game and uh i guess we'll just dive into it that's what we saw last night monday night we're recording this on tuesday of course uh, you know, we see that with the Celtics heat where they, I don't even remember what the final score was, but at one point the, uh, the heat had one point. <laughs> yeah. They had the worst, uh, first quarter in the history of NBA playoffs, which it is they missed bad. their first 14 shots. It was pretty bad. So, uh, the, the Celtics tie up the series two two and, uh, game four for the, Warriors and the Mavericks will be tonight uh, and the Warriors are looking to sweep that but I guess we'll start with last night's game the Celtics and the Heat Hayes what do, what do you think of this matchup so far and uh, you know I guess we could start with last night's game real quick the score was 102 Celtics 82 Heat um, <laughs> the playoffs NBA playoffs from 2021 2022 the best, the one word to sum it all up is blowouts because we've been getting too many blowouts in the playoffs and I do not like it at all. I literally said this to my coworker the other day. He was like, yeah, but no, the games are close. And then he writes me this morning. He was just like, dude, I was like, I, yeah, his, I said, I told you, he said, yeah, yeah. I don't, what's going on. I said, this is how it's been. It's, it'll be a blowout, then a tight game, then a blowout then a tight game, then a tight game, then a blowout. Like it, it alternates, um, which is pretty interesting. I, I think this series is going to go seven uh, unless the Heat figure it out. Like I'm literally looking at, 
a game recap right now that's about nine minutes and 35 seconds. And the two people on the cover of it is one on one side is Jason Tatum, rightfully so. But on the opposite side is Victor Oladipo. Yeah. I think that pretty much sums up how that game went for the Miami Heat. Now, I'm not saying Victor Oladipo is a slouch. He'd beat me any day that I stepped on the court with him. But in the realm of the NBA, Victor Oladipo has been going through injuries after injuries after injuries, and he's not the old Victor Oladipo. And the crazy, he had 23 points, which is crazy because if they can keep his productivity there and then have Jimmy match it, along with Bam Adebayo, who has absolutely disappeared, um, they could be something. Now, Kyle Lowry is just getting his legs back under him. Uh, Bam really has no excuse right now. That Bam is is the one that I, I'm looking at. Like, I know people are pointing the finger at Jimmy, but Jimmy has literally been carrying this team for quite some time. Uh, so I'm not going to blame Jimmy for having an off game or having two off games. No, Jimmy's done a lot to make sure that this team is where they're at right now. So I'm not going to do that. Bam, I'm looking at you because you complained about not being um, an all-star. You complained about not being the defensive player of the year. So you know how you could shut everybody up is going out here and balling in the playoffs. And I have not seen you show up in one series yet. Not one. Um, and, And that's, he is in order for the heat to beat the Celtics, he needs to be there. He doesn't need to just have nine points in a game and six boards. He needs to be averaging a double, double throughout the series. It should be 20 and 10 for him, but he's not even putting that up. Uh, The fact that Jimmy put up six points last night is ridiculous. Seven rebounds, six assists. I know they're saying that he has um, some swelling in the knee, which is a terrible time for that, but these other guys that are coming off the bench, they need to be, they need to be the people that step up. Uh, Vincent gave Vincent who's, who's stepped in for Kyle Lowry throughout uh, since he's gone down has didn't really do much, but he has done a lot. Uh, the fact that when your number one scorer on the team, as I mentioned, is Victor Oladipo in the game, your second highest score is Duncan Robinson. And your third is Caleb Martin. And Robinson was pretty much benched yeah, exactly. throughout these playoffs. Already. Ex- exactly. And no Tyler, Tyler Hero, of course. Nope. So this is this is terrible. I mean, you can't – you got Jason Tatum on the other sky, side dropping 31. You have uh, Peyton Pritchard, who's been going off, and they're making him look like a, a semi a demigod out here, um, 14 points. Uh, you got Jalen Brown, 12 points, Derek white, who hasn't really done anything in the playoffs drops 13 and it has eight rebounds. Uh, the real key factor here, uh, is these two players right here, Robert Williams, 12, 12 points, nine rebounds. Al Horford had five points, but 13 rebounds. There was no Marcus smart in this, and they did not need him at all, which again says a lot in itself. So, I pretty much am summing this up is the heat need to wake up or they're going to be sitting at home watching games just like us. <laughs> That's it's that plain and simple. Uh, what did you think? And what do you think of the series thus far, Sam? Yeah, it's been, it's been crazy because game three, one Oh nine to one Oh three heat in Boston. A bam did show up for that game. He's <laughs> as you mentioned, he's been, he has been on and off throughout these playoffs and 
certainly when he plays well, the Heat play well. He had 31 points in that game. But you really saw it from uh, from the bench in Miami, right? P.J. Tucker had 17 points, only eight from Jimmy Butler. But, of course, as you mentioned, he was hurt. Lowry threw an 11, uh, just some other, uh, you know, points off the bench there. It, it was definitely more of a team effort, and you're just kind of seeing them trade blowouts or trade in uh, kind of, uh, you know, okay, we're going to show up today. And, you know, Tatum Tatum wasn't – had a – had a disappointing game in game three. And then here he is just had 24 points in the first half or something like that. So it's been, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, the, if the heat just shot better, they'd be a lot, uh, you know, they'd be in this game more, they'd be in the series more at the time. Uh, but they just, they couldn't get anything to go their way. The shots just weren't going in. And even though there's been times where Boston's kind of tried to give them the lead. Um, yeah. I mean, outside of Jimmy Butler, nobody else is stepping up. So you're making it way easy for the team that has the number one defense since the all-star break, not saying the heat are slouches when it comes to, to defense, but their defense is pretty much non-existent thus far. Nobody is stepping up. I'm seeing Udonis Haslam, which has the greatest job in the world. He's a player getting paid player money, but he's essentially a coach. It's like, I, do you guys not want to disrespect your other coaches? Cause he's getting paid this much. And he has a cut. Like, I don't, Udonis just retire and just be a coach. Like, you know, Eric Spolcher is going to have you on the bench. Like just. He's like the oldest guy in the league too, right? Yeah, he, he is like, it just, it makes no sense. You get literally no burn. Your team has to blow somebody completely out of the water for you to get on the court. And you're like the last option to get on the court for the team. So um, not not taking away from his his heyday because he was a he was definitely that guy that you want on your team. That scrapper that was grabbing boards. He was like that. I, I hate to say this name with it. Uh, he's that Dennis Rodman type scrappy person. But I put Rodman in a completely different category from everybody. His hustle was is, yeah. is unmatched. Um, but I, it's again, he need to wake up and drink Jimmy Butler's coffee. Um, they need to drink that coffee real quick and wake him up, or they need to do a, a, a Cuban coffee since they're right down there in Miami, because uh, I heard that wakes you right the hell up. So they're going to need like a whole uh, keg of that uh, because their ass is going to get beat pretty quick if they don't hurry up and do that. Um, speaking of asses getting beat. <laughs> nice uh, thanks. Uh, Mavs. Uh, I'm, I'm sensing... A broom coming. Um, you think so? Game. I don't think. Yes, Luca's going to come. See, the thing is, Luca has been balling in these games. Yeah. Where's everybody else? Yeah, it's like when the bench shows up, they put in a fight. But yeah, uh, Warriors up three nothing. Game four is tonight, Tuesday, as we're recording. So as you mentioned, it's in Dallas. You're looking at a. You're looking at a sweep. I am 100% saying sweet. You're you're going against a team that is a championship caliber team. Knows how to win. Yep. Has not been back to the finals in quite some time. Has been plagued with injuries. They now have their team back, their core three back, which is Steph, Draymond, and Clay. But now you also add Jordan Poole. You have the Kamingas of the world. 
you had a Looney who went off in a random game. When you have Looney going off and he hasn't scored 20 points since uh, high school, I think it was. I think they said yeah, it was, it was high something school, crazy like that. high school or college. Yeah. But he hasn't scored 20 points since then. So that is years ago. Going off against you, you're not winning this series. Oh, how now, about Andrew Wiggins, man? Oh, just oh my God. The other night. So Andrew Wiggins in the playoffs has has had two poster poster dunks, posterizing dunks, and it's that one on Luca was is crazy. It's still the best posterizer in this whole playoffs and the whole year was what Ja Morant did. Yeah. That's still unmatched in in this whole season. But um, I, some would say that that dunk on Kevin Love from LeBron, but that's that's something else too. Um, especially with the antics I followed after because they're really, really yeah, good they're friends. friends. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't, I don't see literally you have to have Steph off. You have to have clay off. You have to have pool off. And even with them being off, you still have Wiggins stepping up, adding points, Draymond still moving around. You still got Otto Porter who showed up as well and has been showing up like giving quality minutes. He's a, is a stretch uh, a stretch player, two-way player, essentially not to the caliber that he once used to be. Uh, but you got long, lengthy, lanky guys that are able to defend anybody on any switch. And then on the Mavs side, you have Luca, And then you have Jalen Brunson, who is a baby uh, compared to everybody else on the Warriors, right? Um, they're really missing a big man inside. That's... That's the Mavs problem, and I think it's showing. They're also they have some longer wing players um, like uh, Reggie Bullock. Um, yeah, but, but he's he been a complete no show. Yeah, well, he he's not really that. If you're relying on him for offense, you already yeah. lost, right? right? So it's it's to me, it's just really seeing what is going to to transpire from this point, right? Because man, I don't. It's just not looking good for them. It is that's the best way I can say it is when you have. I'm just going to read this real quick, Sam. When you have Luca dropping 40 points, Jalen Brunson dropped 20, and Spencer Dinwiddie dropped 26. Okay, Luca had a double double. He had 11 rebounds. Outside of that, no other player on their team scored in double figures. The closest was Darian Finley Smith. That's it. The closest. So when you have productivity from three people and here, I'm going to run down this for the maps. I mean, the Warriors real quick, Wiggins, 27, Draymond, 10, Looney, nine, Curry, 31, Thompson, 19, Jordan Poole, 10. You're not winning. You're not winning. There's, yeah, there's, there's no way there's winning. depth there. Yeah. Yes. And it's showing their depth, right? When you got Looney coming off, grabbing 10 board. I mean, 12 boards. You got Steph at, uh, with 11 assists. Pool five boards. Draymond, five boards. Wiggins, 11 boards. Like, you're, you're losing the battle on the glass, too. You're not going to win. And, and there's, there's something that you – there may be talent on that team. There may be offensive players and those three players from the Mavs that I mentioned. But you can't teach height. Yeah. You, you, you can't teach height and you can't teach effort. It, it just has to actually come. And it's hard going against a team that has been there and is still hungry. They're still yeah. hungry. They want to prove everybody wrong still. 
it's remarkable this Warriors team because it's like you would really think that like they should be done by now, right? I mean, but Steph's still in you Steph's still like a top 10 player, top whatever. And know uh, we keep talking about this, but he's right there. Like he's not he's not at the end of his career yet. Clay has definitely had moments where he's the old clay, but for the most part, he's just still getting used to basketball again. I don't blame him. And and Draymond is still like a beast. He's still hungry. He's still the fire of that team. And oh, yeah, you have Steve Kerr, who's got a million rings and just has been here before. The team has, for the most part, has been here before they lead. You know, they they have uh, young, hungry players with them and just, uh, you know, they they still want it. And, you know, at what is this like? This would be we're going to assume they go to the finals here. Um, This is what their their sixth finals together as like a core. Let's assume that they're going to win because. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks sneak one out tonight. Mm, Um, But for the most part, I don't. You know, and a hell of a job to Jason Kidd this year and and Luca, but they they need more scores on this team, they need more shooters, they need the and you're right, they need height because you can just you can easily get two off of them whenever you just want to drive. Um I think one key thing you you missed, you you bigged up everything on the Warriors except for one thing that has been a constant. Bob Myers, their GM. Yeah. Because the moves that he's made when Steph has been down, when Clay was down, uh, they went out and got Weissman in the draft. They got Jordan Poole. Um, they got Kaminga. They've been going out and getting all these pieces. Then they went and got Wiggins and Otto yeah, Porter. That's sort of like yeah. this is this is who he is. The uh the like to get like D'Angelo D'Angelo Russell just as like a trade chip, and then it ends up getting you Kaminga and Wiggins and you know, you know, taking a shot on a dude who was just was not a consistent player had, you know, coming out of high school or college, rather, you know, number one pick in the draft. And he was just still know, wild to me that he was that. Yeah. It's, you know, especially with Embiid on his same college team. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, Embiid certainly had those uh, injury um, concerns in college and he sat out pretty much the first year of his career. Um, but yeah, I mean, Wiggins is showing flash, flashes of what made him like the first pick in the draft and just this crazy athleticism. And, um, you know, as, as you see him dunking on Luca and just kind of making, <laughs> making moves on the wing. And, and, uh, I mean, just the spacing of this team and, you know, it, it helps when you don't have to be the second or third option either, because you have, you know, the best shooters in NBA history backcourt you know, without doubt. So it's, yeah, it makes a lot of things easier. If Poole doesn't have a good night or, you know, Wiggins doesn't need to be the man or if, if Draymond's in foul trouble, um, you know, what have you, if, if Steph's not shooting, there's a lot of options on this team. You know, I, I, I like this Warriors team a lot. We both, we both picked them before the series to make it to the finals. And yeah, as I mentioned, I think the Mavs might sneak a game in here, but I think it's pretty much toast. I was trying to see who, um, who the uh the comeback player of the year was this year because if it isn't andrew wiggins um no wasn't it jaw and he gave it to desmond bang 
Uh, it is. It is Ja. Yes. It, it was yeah. Ja. I, I, I don't even know how you can call Ja the comeback right. player of the year. Like Ja is he's most he's most improved is what he was most improved, which I guess is still oh, considered is that the same thing. I guess it is now. Okay. Um, but I, I would, it would, it should have been Wiggins for me. I mean, just, just based off what we said, you're the number one pick. You never add up to really anything. He made the all-star team this Last, year. Yeah. This year. And then kind yep. of disappeared for a little bit. But. Yeah. But he still made the all-star team this year, which means he had a good first half kind of, lackluster second half and then has been stepping up in the playoffs like again they don't need him to do so much they have the guys that do so much we just need you to sprinkle in some points and he's going a little above and beyond so i mean that that really should have been it that's why i still feel like some of these awards should be like at the end of the season like the end end of the season and they should factor in the playoffs too well yeah it doesn't i mean it doesn't look good when like joe kick Jokic wins like MVP and then he's out in the first round. Yeah. But that's just kind of like that's the problem. They ta- they tabulate these votes. It happens in baseball. It happens in all the sports, right? Does, yeah. they, they wait all off season to count all these votes and announce everything. And it's you know uh, some of these players just really step it up. One more thing about the Warriors too is Bob Myers and, and ownership too. They've been in the luxury tax for years they're not afraid to spend money they gave the angelo russell a huge you know they traded um they did that sign and trade with the nets they they took on more money they're willing to do that they could still add a big name player um with some of the assets they have maybe they move wiseman or even moody or kaminga or whatever like they Mm -hmm. you know it's crazy that this team has like a, a hall of fame core right you can the three of them steve kerr are going to the hall of fame and then they still have this like next wave of young players that will keep them in like contention for the next five years right yeah. jordan Poole's a young guy mm-hmm. who knows if wiseman will be on the court let alone be a consistent good player but Kamingas showed flashes of what made him yes. you know uh you know, a hyped pro and you follow high school prospects a lot. He's been a name for a long time. And, um, you know, he's shown flashes of being that dude and, and Moody too, looks really good, uh, when he actually gets, uh, when he gets time on the court. So yeah, man, it's just crazy. And this team just going to spend money and they're going to do what they need to do. Bob Myers is always in the competition for executive of the year and it shows. And, And rightfully so it should, um, let's hop into our new segment. That we introduced last week, honorable mentions, and uh, I'll let you take it all the way because these were all yours. So go, go for it. Well, I was I was hoping you'd uh, add some, but basically how this uh, this new segment came about was, you know, like like most sports fans, like most people on Instagram, Brandon and I just share stories with each other all week long, and then when we come down and make this rundown. You know, what do we put in? What goes in? Do you care what fits in the top? Uh, and we realized that we were missing some of these like feel good kind of stories. Yes. And we wanted to give them some light. Maybe it's something that happened right after we recorded the week before. So that's kind of how this segment came to light here. And, uh, you know, the, the top one is the one. I mean, Buffalo Bills uh, special teams player uh, Taiwan Jones and some of his other teammates 
they're going to be paying some of the funeral expense, expenses for uh, uh, victims of that horrific Buffalo uh, supermarket shooting yeah. last week. And, uh, you know, obviously prayers up and, and it's a horrific, awful thing that uh, unfortunately we have to even bring up because it's, you know, just uh, it happens way too much. But yeah, it's um, the norm know, in this country now, which it should never, ever be the norm. Yeah. People's lives are taken ever. Uh, but, you know, just the way that uh, the Buffalo Bills and, uh, you know, the community of Buffalo has rallied around um, these victims. And of course, Bills Mafia, this is coming from a Jets fan. Bills Mafia is is one of the most loyal, uh, dedicated and, and just compassionate fan bases in the NFL. And they certainly have stepped up in this case, too. So it was just really great to see. Um, this happened and I'd expect nothing less from, you know, from an NFL organization rallying their community and, and helping out where they can. I mean, this is also the the fan base that donated to Andy Dalton's, right. uh, you know, a foundation after obviously him helping his, their team move forward, but uh, it's still the point they didn't have, they could have did anything they wanted to do and they put it towards something great so they there's some great great fans up there uh for the only real new york team sorry sam um but that was a very very uh it's it's heartwarming to see that happen uh it i need i i i don't know anything about uh taiwan jones i'm sure he probably doesn't even care that people know about it i think he just did this out of the kindness of his heart and i think these things should be shared everywhere um, and people should, we should be taking care of one another because there's too much hate going on in this world, especially people being taught to not uh, appreciate or understand or care about somebody just because of the color of their skin. Uh, we don't choose that. We just come out that way. Uh, we don't choose our parents. We don't choose what we look like. We don't choose our gender. We don't choose any of that. That's, that's not what it is. It's we are people and we're supposed to be here uplifting everybody else. And that's what life should be about is helping each other move to the next part, not trying to beat each other down or continue to uh, project hate. Uh, and, and unfortunately, that is what this country is, has always been built on is hate. And I, I hope someday it changes. I'm sure we won't be around to witness this, Sam, that day it does. I know there's little small victories here and there, but I, I just pray for your kids and my kids uh, that they have an opportunity to continue to grow and, and be welcoming of one another. Yeah, dude, beautifully said. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I don't have anything to add. Um, spread love, right? That's absolutely. That's the Brooklyn way. Was that's it. Say. Um, <laughs> uh, top Cardinals prospect. Uh, and best friend since the age of five. What's his name? Matthew Libertor. Matt Libertor and Nolan go. Gorman. Imagine being best friends since the age of five. Libertor was traded to the uh, from the, the Rays to the Cardinals a couple of years ago. So, like, imagine not only being best friends since five, but you're playing in the same minor league system as your best friend. And last week, they both got the call that they're going to the majors to play for the Cardinals together. Um, and that's, that's, that's gotta be a crazy feeling. So like there's a video online of like when they got the call and stuff, really cool to see. Was that when he was in the office and they like 
mobbed each other like they walked into uh, the there was another one where uh the number one prospect in baseball is a okay, catcher named the... adley rushman for gotcha. the um, yes 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 yeah that was a really cool video too i was just gonna bring that up too um but yeah man uh libertor got blown up in his start unfortunately he got sent back down but gorman's hit pretty well transitioning to a new position at second base and was like leading the minors in home runs he's he's really uh so I picked him up in a couple of my fantasy teams. So we'll see. Okay. But he's a, uh, he's a name to look at, but a really cool story. Like, you know, uh, just uh, to be able to share that not only with your family, but your best friend yeah. going through the yeah. same thing. is pretty cool. That's really awesome. Yeah. And uh, last, uh, last thing here, ESPN announced that Malika Andrews, the host of um, the NBA today, uh, she's going to be the first woman ever to uh host the nba draft usually uh i think it's it's been reese davis in the past but maliko definitely deserving of this um you know she kind of got thrusted into the spotlight last year with all the the I'm drama ideas no not at all she's <laughs> no no you're not um, i'm saying i'm not saying i have a huge crush on malika oh no yeah oh totally time so yeah totally my <laughs> wife doesn't listen to this podcast anymore so i'm just kidding she does she doesn't know um no she's uh she's awesome her sister's awesome i love um yes you know just they're so professional too when they're like when they're talking like they don't obviously they know their sisters but they you wouldn't know if you were just walking past the tv screen and never watched you wouldn't know that they're sisters because they're so uh professional that you just it's business as usual and they just go from there but it's beautiful to see that it's beautiful to see like Sam mentioned, it, she was thrust into the spotlight with the whole Rachel Nichols thing, um, which is still crazy because I enjoyed Rachel Nichols. Um, yeah, I do too. I, 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 I yeah. did, but then she, I mean, she put her own foot in her mouth and that's, that was her fault. And then, and again, that goes back to what we said before is sometimes you just need to understand that it just uplift people. It's stop trying to do the whole crabs in a bucket thing and, and keep climbing on each other to bring each other down is we need to uplift each other. Like it's, yes, you may have that job and it, you're looking at it as somebody potentially replacing you, but maybe you somebody that you actually mentor and that you can share the spotlight with, like the spotlight is big enough for more than one person, but absolutely, Malika has been killing it by like, yeah, absolutely killing it. So I'm, super super ecstatic to hear that she is the first woman to ever host the nba draft and that's going to be uh i can't wait to watch history for sure yeah that's cool and you know we we brought up rachel nichols maria taylor who was also part of that mm-hmm. she's now the host of sunday uh nfl football the the pregame or whatever it's called yes. for mm-hmm. nbc so like um she's taken that over from mike Tarico, who's now in the booth on sunday night so yeah just i'm glad that situation kind of resolved itself right yes. unfortunately the way it had to go down but mm-hmm. yeah um yeah looking forward to that the nba draft i think is june 23rd ish whatever that thursday is mm-hmm. you know we'll we'll uh certainly uh preview that as it comes along um i know hayes has been taking notes he's ready i love the nba draft as well um who do you think goes first the Orlando Magic are on the clock. We kind of talked about it last week a little bit. It's probably going to be Chet uh, Chet Holgram. I just don't think it should be Chet Holgram, though. I feel like Jabari a little more. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think it should be yeah. Jabari is the best all around. I think, I think it's a mistake for the Magic if they don't choose him, but 
Chet Holgram is like the safe pick, I, I'd say. Right. Uh, I just, I would not go. I would, if I had the opportunity, I'm taking Jabari. So I hope they wake up and they take him, but he's the best. Jabari is literally the best player in the draft. So, yeah, I've heard that from a lot, you know, a lot of uh, different sources and places. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, you want to play Do You Care? Let's go. Uh, speaking of rising and lifting people up, this is the exact opposite thing to do. Yankees third baseman and White Sox shortstop Tim Anderson. There was a scuffle last week. Donaldson or or uh, Anderson slid into third base. Donaldson didn't like it. There was some chirping going back and forth. It sounds like these players have a history, but Josh Donaldson essentially called Tim Anderson Jackie um, during an altercation over the weekend in the Bronx and uh, was later suspended one game. Uh, he's appealing the suspension, but he's also on the COVID IL. Um, so all things considered, you know, he's, he's not playing uh, anyway, but um, yeah, just there's been some back and forth here. Donaldson said he's referencing an article from sports illustrated in 2009 that both of us read, um, read, you know, before this podcast, essentially where, where uh, Tim Anderson was saying he wants to be like Jackie Robinson and bring, you know, break the barrier and bring fun back to the league. Um, and of course, no one, you know, Jackie's shoes were one of its own, but um, you know, Josh Donaldson kind of saying it. And to me, it kind of just sounds, I, I don't know. It just doesn't sound, it, it doesn't, the excuse, like it, it almost sounds like, yeah, you can call him that because he called himself that, but it almost comes off like a mocking way. It's like, um, not almost. I mean, it's, it's yeah, but damn, I don't same, know what I'm trying to say. We're both no, on no, the no. same page here, but no, yeah, I know. And what you're saying is like, essentially like if you, if you talked about, let's just say that you, you know, uh, based on what you do, like you're the, the best of person to ever do what you do in your, your career, right? Like you're, I'm trying to be like that person and bring this back, but in this generation, and you say that, and you know, that that's what you're striving to be. And you know how this person is idolized in their history that goes behind it. And then somebody else comes and says it to you in a condescending manner. Like there's, there's no respect behind it. There's no, there's no uh, uh, good intent behind it. it. It's malicious from the get. And Donaldson has to be fully aware of where we are and what generation and what time it is to be saying that to him. You don't don't call him out of his name. If he didn't ask you to call him out of his name, call him his name. His name is Tim Anderson. His name is not Jackie. He said that's who he wants to strive to be. There's plenty of people that I want to strive to be because of how successful they've done. Like, I want to take certain things that it, it is, but. Jackie Robinson's name is a loaded name, especially in that sport. And to hear in this situation, which is unfortunate because we just talked about this, but people immediately are deeming it as a racist comment, right? Some are arguing it's not. Donaldson said that, well, he wasn't. Um, But Jackie Robinson's name in baseball, when you're calling another black man that, it's not going to sit well with anybody. Now he's come out and said, 
Donaldson, uh, apparently that they, like you said, had have a relationship and they've had one for a year. He was like, so unless the relationship has changed, I mean, I wasn't aware. Right. So I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I was listening to Stephen A. Smith on, on a first take today. And he was saying, you know, he needs Tim Anderson to, to address that comment and uh, that Donaldson's talking about they were friends and their relationship changed or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't need that clarification. Um, I just don't think you just, you should, I don't think, I know you should have never even said that Donaldson. There's many of things that you could have said that you could have said to agitate him that could have been furthest away from it potentially being racially motivated. There's so many other things that you could have called him to, to poke fun. Like it is, if that's the only thing that you can think of, you are not swift on your feet. Um, and it's not about being swift on your feet. It's, it's about being respectful, right? The MLB even said, we don't care what his intent was. It was disrespectful. Yeah. And I know that the MLB is trying to save face because they have to. Well, they don't um, want this to be, a, they don't want race to be a story. No, no not at not. all. No one not does, but. Right. But I, I mean, now the, I mean, you shared with me, Aaron Judge, um, speaking on this and Aaron Judge has to play it safe. Of That's course. his teammate. It's, it's the captain of the team. It's Correct. his teammate. He's also and, the face of a face of Major League Baseball. Correct. But he's also a biracial child yes. as well. So he has to be very careful. He's he's basically walking on eggshell. He can say whatever he wants, right? And like nobody's censoring him. He could say whatever he wants, like his coach did. Uh Aaron Boone, he basically said he didn't agree with it. Right. The and suspension and, 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 suspension. and the comment. Yep. And, and the, the comment. comment. Yep. Um, so I mean, there's a lot of mixed, mixed feelings, mixed emotions. So, yeah, I mean, it just sounds like this has been something Donaldson has been saying for a long time. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it's almost been like making fun of him for a long time. So like it, it you know, that he played on the Twins and, and Anderson's been on the White Sox. So they play each other a lot when they were in the Central together, um, you know, uh, it, I kind of go with, I, I love what David Cohn said. He said it on the yes broadcast. And then he later said it on Sunday night baseball. If Tim Anderson was upset by it, then that's enough for me. And that kind of just goes with it. I mean, if it didn't sit well with Tim Anderson, it doesn't sit well for me. And then David Cohn said, basically I'm paraphrasing. I don't have a, a dog in this fight. I'm, I'm a, you know, he's a rich white dude. Yeah, I'm a middle class white guy, but I, I have to say I co- completely agree with Coney. Like, if Anderson felt disrespected, it's enough for me. Yep. Yep. And, and yeah, and what he said is I kind of feel like today's Jackie Robinson that you just say, but it's cool because he changed the game. And I feel like I'm getting to a point where I need to change the game. That's that was the 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 quote. Again, big shoes you're putting yourself into. And it's, I mean, the Jim Crow laws and the way that the what Jim, uh, Jackie had to go through to even just break the color barrier and, and play baseball and be harassed every day of his life for different shoes than Tim, Tim Anderson wanting to flip a bat. But again, it's more nuanced than that. I totally understand that. I, I think Tim Anderson would agree with that. And it just sounds like Donaldson was making fun of him for it. And that, that's not cool. Well, he said, this is literally a quote from, of, of Donaldson. He said, all right. So in first, so first inning, I called them Jackie. 
He said in 2019, he came out with an interview, said that he's the new Jackie Robinson in baseball. He's going to bring back fun to the game. In 2019, uh, when I played for Atlanta, we actually joked about that on the game. Um, I don't know what's changed. And I've said it to him in years past, not in a manner that's not in any manner, uh, excuse me, not in any manner than just joking around for the fact that he called himself Jackie Robinson. If something has changed from that, my meaning of that has not in any terms trying to be racist by any fact of the matter. It was just off of an interview of what he called himself. So that's what Donaldson said uh, when interviewed uh, about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, again, the easiest way that he could have avoided this is not saying it at all. Right. Um, again, I don't know their relationship. Um, I'm not going to even try to speculate on what has transpired outside of that play at third base, which kind of started this the last time they played each other uh, and it's trickled down into this game. Like it just literally picked up right back where it left off. Um, so I'm not quite sure what happens, but I know we overall normally say, do we care? Do we not? We do care. Um, and we want to see baseball played right. And more importantly, humans treating humans with respect and not doing things that uh, could really trigger somebody. Some will say that's too sensitive, but I think it's, it's more thoughtful than anything. If you actually are mindful of what you say to certain people, um, it just really is what it is. Just I, I don't cross that line and I just suggest other people, but you're your own people. Yeah. And ultimately Tim Anderson had the last word because you whooped single-handedly whooped the Yankees. Yep. The night, so. Yep. so that was a win for him. Um, let's get into some more controversy. Uh, Saban, Fisher, your Sanders. boy, not your boy. <laughs> well, Sanders, definitely my boy. Well, right. Um, Prime paying time. players to come play at their school. Uh, I'm going to read this real quick. I'm going to read some quotes and then I'm going to ask you, well, actually I'll just ask you right off rip, Sam. Do you care? Um, do I care about it's, this is nuanced. Do I care about this fiasco, the situation? No, because I don't care really what Nick Saban has to say. I respect the dynasty. I like seeing winners right like we you know it's easy to hate on him but he's been taking advantage of the ncaa and these players and getting top recruiting classes for years and now that the ncaa is turning a blind eye to the nils and 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 kind of all of this stuff and not managing it it's kind of the wild west and now he's like it's not fair because he's not winning i don't know man no, that's, that's it. It's kind okay. of what I initially took from it. I haven't been following the story as much as, as you have after that. I know Prime jumped in. I didn't really um get well, Prime didn't jump in. Saban oh, he pulled, was, yeah, he he pulled he, him in. Yeah. Right, right. Um, so yeah, now for me, I I do care. Uh because it shows again, I Sam and I, I think probably beat this point to the ground so much of how college sports are so corrupted. Um, it is beyond me. And that's why friends of mine have said it. I'm, I'm waiting to hear like, what did coach K like hide in Duke? Right. I, I know this has nothing to do with him. Like, but I'm talking about the big names 
because they're so powerful in these sports and their their school and so on and so forth that they're able to hide certain things for for quite some time until you know essentially they're no longer in power type thing but this is happening right now when these names are actually in power so the fact that Saban has flat out said and I'll, I'll read the quote AM bought every player on their team they made a deal for name image and likeness we didn't buy one player all right but i don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it it's tough so sabin is the one that triggered all of this shot yeah out of nowhere yep and is calling out it sounds like uh, a grown man crying because he hasn't won a national championship uh, and now the playing field is somewhat getting leveled out. But which is crazy to me, Sam, is because with boosters, they have been paying schools anyway to go out and get certain people and do certain things. Players have been getting paid. I mean, that's why Reggie Book had uh, Reggie Bush had the whole situation of getting paid, right? Braun had a Hummer given to him, but he went straight from high school to the NBA when a time you could do that. So they really couldn't look into that. If he went to college, it would have been something different, right? Um, they, this is They definitely have paid major players over and over again. Meanwhile, while the colleges are getting paid millions on millions on millions for these players' likeness and image and name, but now that they can't, now it's just like, oh, whatever. Like you said, wah, wah, West, you do what the hell you want to do. So Jimbo Fisher came out and said, I don't cheat and I don't lie. I learned that when I was a kid. If you did, your old man slapped you upside your head. Maybe somebody should have slapped him. So it got heated right there and he was pretty, pretty riled up. He went on to say, some people think they're God. Go dig into how God did his deals. You may find out about a guy that way. A lot of things you don't know or that you don't want to know. We built him up to be a czar of football. Go dig into his past or anybody who ever's coached with him. You can find out anything you want to find out what he does and how he does it. So uh, a friend of ours, uh, Brian Farkas, uh, has he said that you know how many other coaches are probably so so pissed off that Jimbo has said that and basically started digging out the corpses uh, from the graves, right? Turning this over and these guys going back and forth. Uh, Jimbo even went on to say when somebody asked him if their relation, what's the relationship, he said we're done. Um, this just sounds like I don't know why these two were going directly at each other because. Saban specifically said AM, which is Fisher's team. So he obviously responded at that point in time. Um, before I go to what Saban said about Sanders, with all that I've read to you there, what are your thoughts on this back and forth between these uh old men? I mean old. Uh Jimbo used to be on Saban's staff, right? Yes. So referencing he as God, Saban. And kind of knowing where the bodies are buried. Mm-hmm. It's got to imagine there's a lot of high profile coaches, Sarkeesian now with Texas and Lane Kiffin, you know, 
that probably all share in 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 this right and and yep. you see you reference Re- reggie bush and we're kind of used to the ncaa vacating titles and wins and you know when when there's it's kind of almost too good to be true you reference coach k like you know we're just kind of trained to suspect that like yes there's okay. there's something behind the curtain i you know i i'm all for athletes getting paid they're generating their name and likeness is generating millions and billions of dollars for institutions around the world country. Um, so I have no problem with them benefiting that and the rules have changed mm-hmm. and I'm glad, I'm glad that the playing field's kind of being leveled a little bit here. This is really just the boosters being out in, in, in plain view now. And, um, you know, it's all kind of fair game because the NCAA didn't, you know, this was coming up the pipeline and they decided like to not do anything about it until they actually had to, instead of being proactive about it. And they kind of just don't care. And, you know, I, I'm kind of glad that it's, it's out and open and hopefully it kind of evens things out and there won't be so many just powerhouses and, um, good. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be about a time. Um, but I don't, uh, I know Shannon Sharp was very vocal about this and, I, and I'm going to be, I obviously don't have the platform Shannon Sharp has, but uh, Saban went on to say about Sanders in Jackson uh, was Jackson state university H, uh, HBCU. Uh, he went on to say that they paid a million dollars for a player, which Deion Sanders responded and said in a quote, but it says, uh, he felt it should be a public instead of a private conversation between the two. So basically saying, like, you're calling me out. Let's have this conversation, you and I, in front of everybody then. So we can let the cat out of the bag and see who's really the one hiding it. Like, to me, I'm going to read this next part and just just remember what I'm going to say about Saban and what I think that he's doing. Uh, Sanders, Sanders went on to say, he said, I don't even wear a watch and I know what time it is. They forgot. I know who brings the bag and dropping it off. I know this stuff. I'm not the one you want to play with when it comes to all this stuff. So that's my type of time (laughs) because I will tell people this all the time. And that's one of my things that I say pretty often. I'm, I'm not the one to be played with when it comes to stuff like that, which I'm going to tell Saban since he probably doesn't understand that is leave Dion the F alone because you're going to bark up a tree and he is going to bury you. But what I think Saban is doing to me, and it's, it's kind of like, I'm going to try to give this analogy and see if this rocks. It's like the guy that's cheating on his girlfriend. Right. But and he knows that it's it's starting to swirl and the rumors start to swirl, but then he tries to get ahead of it and tries to create chaos with everything else around it. So, like, you kind of forget what's going on with his situation. Like, that's what I feel was going on with Saban. Like, he knows that he's done this. He knows that he's not winning and he's losing in this situation. So he's going to try to bring everybody down and kind of try to level the playing field again just so you can bring attention and put all the attention on them. And then we can just go do what we have to do. Cause I know how to work past this. Like, I just feel like he's, 
he's so conniving. Like I've never really liked Saban ever, to be honest with you. I hate Bama, like no matter what, because of the history. Uh, but man, this is just, this is really, really messy. I hope he accepts Dion's uh, public invitation. I'm sure he That'd won't. Be interesting. I'm sure he won't, but I would love to see that happen for sure. But uh, the, the player was Travis Hunter, right? Is a defensive yes. back. He, yes. Where did he, he's not playing for, for Dion though, right? Uh, I don't know where he went, but it's, this is all just so crazy. I mean, well, no, I think Dion got the number one recruit this year. Uh, okay. Is that so Travis I forgot Hunter? the, I the young man's name that, that yeah. it is, but that's, I know Saban really wanted him. And that's when he called them out, like saying that he paid him a million dollars to come there, even though there has been a revolution of young players and especially young black players, because I've seen it happen for basketball and they're trying to do it. They, they have openly said that we don't need to go to these big schools anymore is you're going to follow us wherever we're going to go anywhere anyway. So it doesn't matter. We don't have to go to the big school to get noticed. Like we're going to still do what we're going to do no matter what. And I think that's, that's a trend that's going to start changing, which is going to make coaches like Saban and the Fishers irrelevant in a few years, because if these players are going wherever they want to go, where they feel comfortable, Media is going to go there. They're still going to play where they're going to have to play. They're still going to have that talent. So, yeah, I guess I guess we'll we'll just see with that. But overall, I mean, I do care about this because don't be talking about my boy Dion. That's 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 pretty much what I care about. Wasn't Dion involved with the whole Des Bryant thing? Like, got Des Bryant suspended because he bought him lunch or something? Uh, I, I Oklahoma State. So. I don't remember. I so. Yeah, like whatever. It's. It's just, it's all so petty from it is. a Saban standpoint and, and just to throw it out there to kind of like soften the blow of him not having a great recruiting class. It's still great. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And he still gets a top three recruiting class every year and he's makes the damn playoffs every year. You know, it's, it's just ridiculous, man. Which they need to hurry up and expand the playoffs. Cause I'm sure that they won't be winning that much more. Um, Like, I mean, they'll win, but Again, you're starting to see other teams level out and do things because other teams want to go. What happens when you see a team repeatedly win and win and win? You want to go somewhere else to beat that team. Right? That's what you want to do. At least that's how I, I've always I've never wanted to join the team that keeps winning. Like what's I love to win, but I love beating the team that's always winning unless, unless you're much better the slim reaper i mean well KD can do whatever the hell he wants to do of course um props KD. yes this is this is the best uh do you care on this one because i know everybody listening is definitely going to care about this one canelo and triple g have signed up officially for the trilogy which is slated to be on september 17th uh, I wish this was not in my birthday month. Um, and this actually lands that on my girlfriend. Huh? You don't want that karma. I don't. I don't. And it lands on my, my girlfriend's birthday, too. So I, it's unfortunate for her. So you're going to um, buy the pay-per-view? No, we are not going to do that. We will be in Bermuda at that point in time. Um, nice. Do you care, Sam? <laughs> well, I we were talking about this yesterday. We were putting the show together and I said, Oh, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. And you laughed at me. So I, I, you know, I don't care. I mean, I'll watch it if my boys want to watch it, but like, I don't know. Go ahead, man. I'm teeing it up for you. Go ahead. You teed it up for yourself. Go ahead. The only way Sam I'm watching this horrendous trilogy 
is if I'm at a bar and I just so happen to be drinking and it's on the TV because I'm 100% sure that I'm not going to remember this fight is going to happen because Canelo's out here ducking the people that he really needs to fight. Meanwhile, he's just coming off of a loss. So it's like, I'm going to go fight Triple G, who's in a senior citizen's home, and let me go and try to redeem myself right now as if people are going to look at this as if this is a great thing that's going to elevate you to another level. Like, you're tainting your own career, Canelo, and I don't even know if you realize it. I don't know if the people around you are telling you it. Like, you've been fighting slouches. Now, I've, I've had this conversation with people. Huh? Who should he be fighting next? Uh, there's Arrow Spence. I was going to say Spence. There's like, Crawford. Okay. Right. But I'm sure they don't want to fight him. They they would only want to fight him because of the money it's going to bring. Sure. But boxing wise, like I know Canelo can box, but I don't think he wants that smoke, which is why he's been avoiding them over and, and over and over again. And he signed that huge deal with the, the zone, right? The zone, like, yes. Yeah. So he basically wanted to, he wants to control his career, which he does in all due respect he does have the ability to control his career because he's he's earned it with the fighting sure. streak that he's had right so sure. he has the the ability to pick and choose who he wants to that I, I cannot take away i hate it i don't like it like for me canelo has gone back and forth and i've shared this with my buddy miles he's going back and forth shout out miles. About, yes um he's going back and forth about fighting the best he said that people have asked him flat out are you going to fight these guys crawford arrow spence so on and so forth. The um the 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 char the char brothers, right? You're gonna fight these guys. No, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna choose. I don't I don't really need to do those big fights. Is what he said. Then turns around and says that, you know I'm 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 here to fight the best. Well, Triple G the best. So who are you trying to fight? You got a rematch with Homeboy, and Homeboy now wants to come down to your weight to take your belt. And I hope he does. <laughs> hope he punches your face in and takes your belt, Cinnamon, so you can go back to Mexico and you can sit there and look and really think, yeah, I got to fight these real these guys for real. So I don't care. And if you're a boxing fan and you tell me that you do care, then I'm going to immediately discredit you because this is this is essentially what Floyd just did and went and fought somebody and just beat the hell out of them just to get money for fun. And not even in Floyd shape, just out there, old, just ha ha ha, stomach punch, get a TKO, right? Come on, this is this is nonsense. It's a payday, and and yeah. and while you know promoters and DAZN and everyone else, ESPN Plus, whatever, keep paying for it, you're gonna get these money grabs. Yes, yeah. it's just easy. If a fight, you know, I mean, we just saw it with the Fury fight, like you know, though that went on too many times, you know. You're seeing, uh, you're seeing in boxing nowadays. Unfortunately, there's just not the same uh, um, draw, the same draws as there used to be for sure. And, no, the uh, draws for UFC. That's yeah. what the draws for. You allowed boxing allowed UFC to creep in when it could have essentially extinguished them when they were nothing uh, at one point in time, right? When the Ken Shamrocks of the world and the the Gracies were fighting, and yes, for people that love mixed martial arts, we love that. Um, and I've loved that time and I've watched it all the way since then, but they, that's when boxing was running everything. And then these main guys started not fighting the main people. Right. And that's when it started to go downhill is when you're not getting that draw of fighting the main people, people don't want to see, uh, Mayweather, uh, 
Ricky Hatton, right? Like no, nobody really wanted to see that fight, right? Yes, Mayweather De La Hoya did great. Mayweather Canelo, Mayweather McGregor, right? Like those are things that draw people there, right? But you needed something like that to carry over for quite some time. And these guys ducking fights is not it. That's why I love Terrence Crawford is he's not ducking from anybody. He wants to fight anybody. He does, He's literally calling out the so-called best and like, let's fight, and then embarrassing them. So there's a lot of good young boxers um, coming up. Uh, my boy Shakur is, is, is that – he's that dude. Um, but you have Tank Davis. You have so many really good young boxers that are coming up who knows we'll see we'll see if, if it happens i mean it's just it's just promoting has just been terrible so yeah it's just and it comes to people don't want to spend 70 80 90 100 bucks yeah on a they, they much rather do that on the ufc same, yeah, yeah the same UFC. kind of draws and you know just money grabs here for sure i mean ufc is way more exciting i mean boxing the only thing that you're seeing is hands being thrown ufc all of a sudden somebody can just come out and just do a flying knee out of nowhere and then matches over or a head kick or I've seen that you know I've what i mean like i've seen that plenty of times you know so it's you never know how a match is going to end in ufc but boxing it's it's nine times out of ten you're not getting a knockout yeah like you're seeing more knockouts on amateur level when you're getting the pros is normally it goes the the full length and it's super technical i'm moving around so i don't get hit which is the objective of boxing but people want to see action and that's why ufc is is king at this point well we've exhausted that do you care mm-hmm. we did <laughs> speaking of something i know i don't really care about is the I nfl is discussing the future of the pro bowl including possibly eliminating a tackle game nfl owners are discussing the future of the pro bowl at this week's league meetings uh they're exploring alternatives to the week-long pro bowl celebration that could include again getting rid of tackle football. What's this two hand touch, flag football, skills competition? Hayes, send us off. Do you care? What can the Pro Bowl do that make you turn it on the week before the Super Bowl? Just do rock and jock again. <laughs> just literally <laughs> just go and do rock and jock again. That's what you might if that's what the game is becoming anyway. If you're saying you don't want it to be a tackle game, just do rock and jock. Go get the most popular celebrities that are willing to do it, like MTV used to do. Put the, the players that are actually in the pro, pro Bowl out there so they can do something like that. The whole purpose of this is A, it's been on a decline for years. Nobody really watches it, right? Because it's not really a game. You're not hitting each other, it's you're out there somewhat playing competitively you're not really doing too much because players don't want to get injured in the pro bowl it's a game that means nothing right if you were able to incentivize it like the nba did about the all-star game you've seen how all of a sudden when they change that format how players actually play yes the first half of the game means nothing they're doing it they're giving it's money that's going to it means something in this aspect you're giving money to select foundations and whatever that's great. The second half, these guys are out there playing because they're trying to win because there's actually some incentive in there. There's there's a money incentive in there, right? These guys aren't playing for free, so let's get some money here. So they're doing this now. The Pro Bowl is not going to do that because it's a way more physical sport than football. I mean, basketball is. So they don't. these teams do not want to risk 
there's they're extremely talented players the best players normally on their team they don't want to see them get hurt so of course they're trying to get a, a get rid of that so then again make it rock and jock bring it back i don't know if you have to get the licensing from mtv or whatever you have to do just call it something and make it fun i loved those skill challenges watching that back then watching the quarterbacks sitting back there just trying to knock down moving targets and aiming downfield like that's fun watching that right make it yeah make it entertaining like there's so many ways that they can actually make it entertaining and enticing for people if there's not going to be a major game or if the major game is going to be celebrities like there's so much so so many ways of doing it instead of making it cheesy right there's there's yeah, ways there's of going about it there's too much money to lose for the nfl because you got, you know, ESPN probably pays fortune for the rights mm-hmm. to the Pro Bowl. Because mm-hmm. people still, I mean, people, it's the ratings aren't what they were 10, 20 years ago, but people not. are still watching. Of course. I never, ad, I never watch anymore. Yeah. The ad revenue is still there for, mm-hmm. for ESPN. You have to do something. I think it's just something more engaging. I didn't, I haven't really been tuning into the, like they were doing those like Thursday night. They did like prime time versus whatever those like cat you know i don't know if they're picking the teams or doing like i didn't even tune in i don't even know what that stuff was about but mm-hmm. they gotta do something uh, i'm all for doing something that's fun the that mtv idea was a lot of fun i love like old instagram instagram accounts about like old like nfl videos and they show those yes. skill challenges all the time yes. like that was fun like let's see th- let's see more of that let's do that there's there's ways that you can do it and and change it every year like let's change the skills every year like, okay, like you keep the main staples of the skills, but then you add a new one every year. You take one away that wasn't so great. Like that shows how talented these players really are, right? Like just let's see that, right? But yeah, there's so much that they they could and should do, but I guess we'll see what they come off with when they finish this. But yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. That's it, yep. That's it. That's a podcast. What are you looking forward to this week? uh more nba more oval team please um also uh memorial day weekend uh weekend you know time to to barbecue it officially will be summer um so hopefully the weather matches it as it will next week uh not this weekend um so really looking forward to that some more some more baseball uh the rangers play tonight um so hopefully they can tie the series 2-2 um, so I'll be watching that clicking back and forth. So, uh, I mean, obviously that they'll be playing this weekend too. So we'll see, um, definitely, definitely more sports and spending time with friends and, and family. How about you, sir? Yeah. Same man. Rangers football, uh, basketball Yankees on a three game losing streak. Let's snap that mm-hmm. wasting some dominant pitching performances over the weekend. Um, shout out to my brother-in-law and my future sister-in-law getting married this weekend. So congrats to me and Danny. Yay. And uh, I have, what's that? Tom Tom. That's my nickname for your sister. Tom Tom. Yep. Mm-hmm. No, no, my brother-in-law and oh, my sister. Brother-in-law, not your sister. My sister gets married this yes, fall. that's right. right. Later, that's right. Well, yes. We'll get there. Yes, that's That's sure. going to be an event. <laughs> no, uh, I'm sure it is. <laughs> so shout out to, to Tim and, and Danielle. That's going to be exciting. Yay. And I have to, um, I got to take a second and um, just say, uh, my i i was uh i don't know how to put this i our fraternity my fraternity that i'm in we lost one of our uh 
proud alumni to, a, you know, a brave fight with cancer over the weekend. So um, unfortunate, really, to hear. Um, but rest in peace, Ricardo. Um, definitely one of a kind human being and a one of a kind friend. And um, you will certainly be missed. So that's just my uh, just thank you for uh, being who you were and just being like the kindest and gentlest person I've ever met. So rest in power, my friend. Um, we yes. will meet again. Yes, rest so, in power, nice, for sure. For Hayes, my name is Sam. Thanks so much for listening and checking out the Chasing Points podcast. And uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Chasing Points Podcast. Uh, so till next time, peace. Bye.